2: Wow, did Monday Night Football deliver a one-two punch in their two games? Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. If you happen to be sleeping or miss the end of these games, they were doozies. Two upsets, including the Tennessee Titans coming back from 14 points down with under three minutes left to go in the game. Stunning the Miami Dolphins and their fans.
4: It's such a huge impact of this game because now Miami loses the number one seed. Tyreek Hill hurt, came back, still worrisome. An ankle injury, lost another offensive lineman, and they've had trouble keeping their offensive line intact. You really feel differently about Miami after today. The rap was they couldn't beat a good team. Right. So we thought, I was ready to say, ah, they beat the Titans. It doesn't matter. Titans haven't won on the road all year long. Now it's an even more dire situation I think we're all kind of, at least I'm downgrading Miami as a potential AFC favorite. Now okay. it feels like they're on the outside looking in, mainly because of what happened last night.
2: And here's the thing about Miami I'm not ready to write their eulogy yet. I still think Miami's going to have something to say about who goes to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Now, it would help a lot if they had the number one seed and they had home field throughout. Because yeah. just as hard, I think, as it is to go play and. Kansas City and go play in Baltimore with the bad weather. I think it's hard for those northern teams to come down to Miami where it's 85 degrees all of a sudden or something and I think that weather has an impact as well. You're not you're not used to it at that time. And I as a as a fan of a team in the AFC East, we've seen many a time where a team goes down to Miami late in the season and struggles and they're just exhausted from the heat. And this happened to Tom Brady, one of the most well-conditioned athletes, him and everyone. So
4: I feel like that's an earlier season thing. In January, are you sure it's that high? I think the players would die to go down to Miami. Well, they
2: usually love it. But then when it's the playoffs, it But can... it's
4: been a long I mean, it's been generations since we've seen a home playoff yes, game in Miami. It's been a while. The other thing too, we're we're talking about the number one seed with them. Their schedule gets tough and they they have not been any good that not beating good teams is a real thing. There's no way they were getting through... look, they have the Jets, that's gonna be a tough game. Cowboys at Ravens, and then your Bills, a desperate Bills team in Week 18. I think that was a tall task to get number one anyway.
2: Listen, it's it's the moment where Miami is starting to really look at the adversity, like feel the adversity, and it's December, and they sort of have a reputation in the past of kind of wilting, if you will, at times. So let's hear from Tua Manny because he said this is not the same old Dolphins, but does he convince you?
4: yeah i i I don't think uh I don't think this is the same dolphins team that everyone thinks um thinks about uh we got a lot of really good players we got really good coaches um and it, it's it's one loss it's you know home uh this year it, it's not not like the world the world ends uh because we we lost this game uh we're human we'll continue to get better from this um this is the NFL you no know, no one's perfect so that's that.
2: Yeah. I mean, first of all, it was the court stenographer, like taking the notes there, but also listen, that's good. You want him to say that you don't want him to come out and be like, the world's on fire. But I mean, there is, there were some real implications from this game too, with the injuries and such.
4: That's a great call back to my jury duty that I, I do know. after every show these days, a court yeah, stenographer. Allegedly. I did want to point out that was not us typing.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're not it, taking feverish notes on Tua's. But, it
4: is so weird. and uh, I feel bad for saying this, but Tua is saying we're not the same old Dolphins to me. I'm like, ah, they're the same old Dolphins.
2: Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah. Did he convince yeah. you that yeah. they're not the same old Dolphins? Yeah, no,
4: it, it had the opposite effect. Uh, I I, I want the Dolphins to be good. I think this was good. They were an innovative offense with these exciting superstars. They came out th- this season, I think, showed everyone a new kind of football that you can dominate with speed. We want the Dolphins to be in this playoff picture. I just think, especially the way the seating is going to fall out, it's going to be a tough assignment.
2: So, on the flip side, we are taking your phone calls, of course, at 855 4 CBS. Is Miami, you know, is this a fraudulent Super Bowl contender? Have not beaten a good team mm. yet this year, but they did have that seventy point seventy to twenty win over the Denver Broncos, so a fifty point win, which kind of felt like a signature win. Yeah, even though the Broncos team then is is. It was not as same as this uh, Denver Bronco team. So that's the sort of Miami question on this thing. And then on the flip side in the NFC, instead of, you know, jockeying for the number one overall seed, we're talking about the bottom of the NFC playoffs, and that's where Green Bay still finds themselves this morning with that seven seed, the wild card at six and seven. But... The Los Angeles Rams are right behind them. The Seattle Seahawks are right behind them. Falcons, Saints right behind them. And now the Giants, who are weirdly on the playoff fringe now after winning three straight with Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets. It was like a coronation for this young, undrafted quarterback from New Jersey. Grew up just a few miles away from the stadium. His parents are in attendance. We know he lives at his mom's house, his dad's house. And his agent was there, who looked like he was out of Central Casting yeah. for name your favorite gangster movie.
4: Yeah, it was great. I mean, all the cliches came to life last night. It's not the first time. I, I feel like we've already all in on the Tommy DeVito story. Yeah. Uh, how many? He's already played a night game too. I seem to remember Tommy Cutlets being a thing. So the funny thing about this is the bottom of the NFC playoff picture. You named all those teams. Yeah, I mean, you are going to get in at eight and nine into the wild card. It's kind of sad. Every year. It's kind of sad, and the Packers had that game one. That's the other thing too. They're going to look back at this and say, "All we had to do was stop Tommy DeVito for one drive. They're up with less than a minute left, and they couldn't do it." I it's it's almost irrelevant to me. I, you can play that playoff scenario all you want. Are any of these teams? That, even the Giants are in the mix now at five and eight. And
2: the, so and the Bears is
4: anybody? The Bears is anybody actually making any real noise in the NFC, or is it just? A down year on the bottom half of the playoff picture.
2: Without a doubt. I mean, okay. and, and the thing about, you know, this could have been a coronation for Jordan Love instead we're talking about a coronation for Tommy Cullett. It could have been one for Jordan Love on a big stage. He's been playing very well over the last three games, including a win over the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Yeah. Got a little help from the refs for sure, but now Jordan Love, you know, Put together a nice touchdown drive at the end to take the lead, but he did not play well during that game.
4: No, it was there was a lot of wind. He threw a pick that was a disaster that might have been affected by the wind. I think last week was a coronation for Jordan Love against the Chiefs. It was a standalone game. It was a Chiefs probably got a massive so number last week. Uh, last week, yeah. right? But I think last night's last night's dual Monday night games. It wasn't quite the big stage. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think everyone's counting this against Jordan Love. Because it was weird. I would hope... I mean, maybe maybe locally you think differently. I would hope people were watching the Titans-Dolphins game over the Packers-Giants. Oh, no.
2: the, the Packers-Giants was also close.
4: Yeah, I know it was close. But in like Miami is the team that mattered last night. Now, the four true. teams that were really relevant. I know the Giants and Packers are popular. So regardless, I don't think Jordan Love uh really ruined anything last night. If you look at his stat line, it's not that bad. It, it felt worse than it actually was. I think he threw one pick the whole game. He had he did have a game winning drive if they could just stop the Giants. But you can't stop Tommy DeVito. And <laughs> yeah, hey.
2: that, so that's, that's a freight train coming right at you, Tommy DeVito. Uh again, like it was it was almost like you you would think it was too much of a stereotype, but we love that. And they love it clearly. Like they, they're they leaning in as much to all the Italian American stuff as anybody. So it feels a lot of fun when you have your, you know, again, your agents out here wearing a pinstripe suit, black on black, black fedora with like the Italian horn chain, you know, and he's on the gold <laughs> yeah, phone. Yeah,
4: kissing Tommy's dad after a
2: touchdown. <laughs> so good. It's awesome. And they're enjoying themselves. So it feels really fun. Now, There's still some unfinished business from Sunday that we have to get to. You mentioned Jordan Lovett's signature win over the Chiefs. Well, Chiefs lost back-to-back games against the Green Bay Packers and then on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. The big, crazy question was about Kadarius Toney, who lined up in the neutral zone, got called for offsides, wiped out a potential game-winning touchdown, and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were apoplectic about it. Could not handle it. Calling out the referees. No control over emotions at the end for Patrick Mahomes. He was incensed. Now we got a little more data yesterday. So let's hear from Andy Reid. Because the big question as they were skewering the referees over and over again was, did Kadarius Tony check with the side judge to see whether or not he was lined up and what happened there? Here's Reid.
5: Normally he looks over to the sideline and just gets an okay um and on that one, he just happened not to. So that would be the coaching point. Just okay. make sure you check. Make sure you check with the guy on the on the side just to see if you're aligned. I mean, he's not lining up offsides on purpose. Um, and listen, he was two inches away from from or an inch from being legal.
2: Well, well, well. What do we have here? the whining crybaby chiefs now don't have a leg to stand on because they were trying to pin this all on the officials pearl off and it turns out their player made the mistake
4: yeah is that a mystery to you
2: well the chiefs Did you were standing last... on ceremony like they got hosed in this game because the officials you know had done them dirty or something and now we have the absolute definitive from the horse's mouth himself yeah. that tony never looked over and that the referee doesn't owe them jack like the referee doesn't work for the Chiefs, okay? So yeah. he doesn't have to tell Kadarius Tony, "Hey, by the way, you're lined up at I'm, you're lined up in the neutral zone." Hell no, y- you. It's on you. And the way that Reed and Mahomes were skewering the officials afterwards, I think they owe them an apology.
4: Just want to be okay, maybe, but I want to make something clear here. You're going after Andy Reed right now. Um, it, that's what's happening,
2: and Mahomes too.
4: But in this particular moment, Andy Reid. So. Are you also going to attack Mahatma Gandhi and Santa Claus? And who's somebody who has 100% positive approval rating? Gandhi. Andy, yes, what? Andy Reid is a Gandhi of the NFL. Who does not like everything Andy Reid does? The guy is awesome. Andy Reid is amazing. And anybody who has anything negative to say about it, I don't want to hear it. Haters. He made a mistake yeah, yesterday. Like but me. Andy Reid,
2: tell me you don't like Andy Reid. I feel nothing about Andrew Andy Reid. You guys is the in most... Philadelphia have a love affair with well, Andy Reid. I, and I think America
4: City. has a love affair with Andy Reid.
2: No, Andy, the, Andy Reid. The the funny thing about Reid is like he eats cheeseburgers and stuff. Yeah, he's
4: great. He eats <laughs> cheeseburgers and coaches up. Uh, he has a great game plan. And the guy's in his sixty five and still a cutting edge play caller. Andy Reid has always been a class act throughout <laughs> the NFL. You wait. I, you, I, I respect guys. You guys Andy like, Reid. You I, might not like the Chiefs or the Eagles, but you got to like Andy Reid, right?
6: I like Andy Reid. He, yes. he was a kid that was too big to be doing k- pump pump pass cake, wherever it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in and no, Andy Reid's whole life
2: has been one big fat joke, unfortunately. But it's, he seems to be in on it, so it's okay.
4: This is why, That's this, not true. This, but this he's, is why this is so disappointing. Well, yeah, it's what, he made one mistake. And I think he kind of owned it yesterday. He said, all right, I screwed up yesterday. Listen, I think the way I think he deflated the whole story by saying, yes. We were basically the implied message. We were emotional yesterday. He screwed it up. He said, it's a coaching point. It was on us. He did all said all the right things. I right know, there. But
2: then also did say that he believed that the referee should have warned him. And so still hanging on to the fact that the referees owe something to the Kansas city chiefs or that the Kansas city chiefs somehow deserve this or deserve to be what, like, deserve nothing. He
6: kept talking about there's a working relationship that he has with ref- the referees. I'm sorry. As an average that, fan, I don't want to hear about working relationship with the refs. The refs are supposed to be the impartial, non non nonpartisan right. figure in the situation. Do we know the refs and coaches chat? Sure. But him talking on and on about a a, a working relationship with the refs, give me a break. That's, uh, that's, why, just, that's, I, that's why the whole him him about sounding all entitled, talking about how you're supposed to do this, supposed to do that. That's why that sounded so out of touch to me. Because then the next day you're saying, well, we have a working relationship. You're not supposed to have really any relationship with the refs. That is 100% not true. What do you mean 100% not true?
4: First of all, the refs are supposed to work with the teams. That's just a fact. They call on Friday. The officials, the head of officials calls the coaches and say, hey, what's going on? Like You're supposed to work together to make the best product possible. Well, they, no, no, no. I think,
2: I think you're supposed yeah. to both have a mutual respect. Think, no, 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 no. no. I think about. the
4: officials are supposed to help teams follow the rules. That's the way it's always been, and it's the way it should be. Nobody, nobody in the NFL office wants teams breaking laws and not understanding what they're doing. Okay, no, but, the officials are always supposed to help the players wait, okay, follow so, the rules. Wait, wait, That's wait, the way it works. Wait, okay. He sent Tyreek Hill to the
6: sidelines or to the locker room because of his socks. Now we're talking about they work together? Yeah, I,
4: I mean, back when he was head of officiated, Dee Blandino would call... I mean, the coaches will call them and say, hey, what's going on this week? Like, are you guys sure you're following? There's going to be an emphasis on this, that, and the other thing. The officials have an open dialogue with the coaches, and they should.
2: Okay, but open dialogue is one thing. I I said this yesterday. I think it still applies. It's like the blackjack dealer in Vegas who's like, are you sure you want to hit on 18? But here's the thing. When you hit on 18, then they still have to flip the card over, and you still bust. So 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 when Kadarius, you can have a working relationship, whatever you want to call it, mutual respect, but – when the player does something, you got to flag it and call it. And it seemed like Andy Reid was incensed that they would have the audacity to call that in the moment without a warning when the rule was broken. Yeah, I and understand. that's why people are upset.
4: I understand Andy Reid made one mistake here, but that does not tarnish the fact that he's an awesome coach and an awesome force of goodness in the he, NFL. Right, this he, one this, mistake and he screwed up. And I think he owned it to a large extent right there. He admitted The guy was offside. It's not like he's trying to pretend that, oh, they they screwed up the call. He's admitting, yeah, my player messed up. It was bad coaching. He's admitting everything. I just think that you guys are taking one mistake from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and blowing it into some sort of pattern that's not there.
2: I didn't realize that there was an Andy Reid cult that I was not part
4: of. Oh, my God. Andy Reid's the ultimate football guy. I'm surprised you guys. You guys don't think Andy Reid is popular?
2: I know he's popular, but I didn't realize that he was Gandhi. Oh, yeah. you just compared he's a, him Santa, to. And Santa Claus. It's and Santa. I mean, it's, it's
4: December.
6: Come yeah.
2: on. Also, but I you mean, guys he looks are, like
0: Santa.
4: I, I mean, of the 30, I think
6: Eddie Reid. Eddie
2: Santa.
4: Andy Reid, I would say, is of the 32 coaches, the most well-liked coach.
2: he's uh, also been around for much longer than a lot of these guys, besides who? Harbaugh and P. Carroll, who are also be- guys. Belichick, and course. Belichick. And Belichick is d- trying not to be liked.
6: He's the anti-Belichick in many ways, which I think is why he's so liked.
4: Right, well, I'm just saying he is the most well liked coach. But and by the way, I uh, mean he's a legend too. He's also a Hall of Famer, and he's also a great offensive by the mind. way, you want
6: to talk about more Philly fraudulent behavior. I mean, this love affair of Andy Reid. Oh God, the, they could not stand Andy Reid for like a decade. It was he can't get, he can't convert third and one. Can't win His clock management is terrible. That's all him true. out of here. <laughs> Doesn't and then run now the ball then He's with the Chiefs, and you guys want a Super Bowl, and they want a Super Bowl. Now it's like, oh, we love Andy Reid. I didn't know why does New
4: York hate Andy Reid. What's
6: it? Nobody because hates
2: the, him. We, I, it's I don't not about him. that. Nobody it sounds hates like it. you guys hate him. No, we just like we're not we're not praying at the feet of Andy Reid. Why
4: not? I'm good <laughs> on Andy Reid. Yeah, I mean, I, do you watch the uh, the commercial where he's stealing the chicken nuggets? What what is it not like here? <laughs> he's yeah. a very
6: good actor. I don't care for him as a coach.
2: Well, that's part of the overexposure. Calling, of the calling chief.
6: chicken nuggets nuggies is a little
4: weird. To you me. have to admit. All right, one thing you say that dude can play call. There is no oh, doubt about it. No I know it slowed down a little bit this year, but he, he can take any quarterback and come up with big numbers.
2: Okay, so we have some Mahomes sound for you as well. We're going to play that for you coming up. But
4: same thing. Another completely 100% likability rating, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Except 100%. Was, except he made was, one uh, mistake. Who was cares? a
2: hostage video with him having to apologize for this. Haters like me. People uh, like me. <laughs> Wearing it proudly on my sleeve. Lately. Um, okay, so the Shohei Ohtani contract, Perloff and I cannot really, well, there's a lot to it. $700 million, but $680 million of it is being deferred. Does this pass the smell test? Does it feel like the Dodgers are really getting away with something? We're going to break that down with Guy Adami from CNBC Fast Money. This is somebody who can explain financial terms in the most easy way possible. If I can understand it, you can understand it. He's going to help us get to the bottom of Ohtani. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
4: Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. A lot of debate on many topics today. Kansas City Chiefs. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Uh, but really, most of our time off-air has been debating the structure of Shohei Otani's contract, Maggie. We're smart people. We went to college. We cannot figure it out for the lives of it. By
2: the way, going to college doesn't mean diddly smart. Yeah, we were but, not uh, accounting majors. <laughs> no, not at all. And so because we are not smart in this area, we decided to bring someone who is smart into this area onto our show. And that is Guy Adami, who is on CNBC Fast Money and is the go-to person in my life, at least, for financial advice. Guy, thank you so much for the time today. How are you?
5: I'm great. Thanks for having me. Just let me say before we even get started, you two, you two together and the team, you have an amazing radio show. You should be proud of what you've built and what you continue to build. So continued success in twenty four.
2: Listen, guy, if we could be anywhere near what you have done on CNBC and also with your career, we would be lucky people. Um, okay, <laughs> Otani. So this kind of hit like a lightning bolt because yeah. the seven hundred million was eye popping in itself. Then we get the detail yesterday that he's only going to make $2 million a year in salary over the next 10 years, and $680 million is going to be deferred. Now, as a financial person in that world, what was your reaction?
5: Well, first, a number of things. And again, thanks for having me. The first thing I'm thinking, okay, so maybe he's trying to get around California state taxes, right? And Maybe this is some clever way to sort of, you know, 10 years from now, he's maybe living in Japan again. And somehow he circumvents that, so he saves that. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is, and we've heard this, that, you know, he wants the Dodgers to be able to use the money that he's deferring to go out and get other free agents, the other uh, pitcher from Japan, perhaps. So maybe it's a magnanimous gesture in so much as, hey, you know, I'm okay. I know I'm going to make $50 million or so a year in endorsements. You guys take this money, do what you want to do with it. Let's build a team. Let's win the next five World Series. Maybe that's part of that. But part of it, you know, I think is this, you know, he gives the, if you won the lotto last night, let's say it's a billion dollars, like, oh my God, I won a billion dollars. Well, you didn't win a billion dollars. You won what appears to be a billion, but taxes obviously take some of that out. But it's something called present value of money. And I'm not looking to make people's eyes glaze over <laughs> at 820 in the morning, but, you know, a billion dollars, you know, 10, 20 years from now, is not the same as a billion today the same as $700 million over the next 10 years is not nearly the same as what it's gonna be in 10 years from now. Think about inflation, think about 10 or 15 years ago, what your $20 bought and what it buys now. So that $700 million contract in present value terms is clearly not what it appears. So there's some other things going on behind the scenes, I'm sure, I'm sure he has great agents, Maybe hired the Giants kid last night as well to put on his team. I don't know. But there's a lot going on here. So, again, people can Google present value of money and see what that $700 million exactly is. But trust me when I tell you, it's probably half of what it appears.
4: So I I completely get that from the Dodgers' standpoint, why they would like this deal. So right. they can use that money and spend it elsewhere. How do you think they convinced Shohei Ohtani's group to take this deal?
5: Yeah. I don't I don't know the answer to that. Maybe they're saying to him, listen, we are going to build a team around you. So if you can defer this understanding that you're probably going to make, let's say, 70 million dollars a year. If you defer that, you're going to make 50 million dollars a year in, def- in endorsement deals without question. So you're going to be able to recoup that in ancillary things. You know, being part of the Dodgers, you're going to have those type of opportunities and then we're going to spend the money elsewhere. I don't know how they convinced them, but I'll tell you this. And again, I'm not looking to play math games with you. But if the Dodgers took that 70 million, and again, we're rounding back to 70 every year and invested it and got 5%, at the end of the 10 years, when they have to start paying him, they're up to almost a billion dollars in terms of where that number is. So they can actually offset, I don't know, 25, 30% of the contract. Just by investing the seventy million dollars a year over ten years at a five percent return, and again, I'm not looking to make people crazy. But there's <laughs> this rule of seventy-two that if you every t- every seven years or so, money doubles at a certain interest rate. So it feels as if to me, and again, I don't know all the details and tax ramifications, but the Dodgers clearly got the upper hand here, in my opinion.
2: Guy Adami is joining us. CNBC, Fast Money. He explains financial things in a way that even people like me can yeah. understand. So I always did appreciate that,
5: that makes sense. No, but I'm, yes. I'm, yeah, You know, I tried to break it down because what the hell do I know at eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning?
2: Well, guy, more than anybody, because the the thing I was also thinking about here was: is there any risk? Now I understand that. Listen, the Dodgers of all teams. Probably not going anywhere (laughs) and been Mm -hmm. around for 100 years. Not going to go anywhere. And it's not like they're going to lose money or anything. But we see this happen a lot in sports, especially lately teams that you never thought were for sale or could be for sale, all of a sudden they change ownership groups mm-hmm. change. Of course, the the new ownership group would be on the hook for this money, but who knows what that person is like? Who knows if this could get tied up in a California court, if he doesn't want to pay taxes on that 68 million or whatever. Like it just felt like an unnecessary amount of risk for me. But again, I don't know this stuff.
5: I agree with you there. I mean, there's clearly the risk associated with ownership and what happens to major Is and major I think we all agree that Major League Baseball is not going underwear, but the risks you've just pointed out are real. And there's obviously in my business something called a tail risk where it's probably not going to happen, but there's maybe a five-10% chance that it does. But I'll throw one more at you, and this is top of mind for a lot of people. Let's say inflation continues to rear its ugly head and not only starts, you know, moderating, but starts going higher. Again, inflation eats into those numbers. So he's betting. A lot of different things, not least of which the inflation rate in this country is going to remain at current levels or go lower. If it were to start to escalate from here, that bleeds away. So that actually works in the Dodgers' favor as well. So there's a lot of inherent risk here. But I think the underlying thing is, obviously, I'm sure he has a great group of representatives, lawyers, agents, accountants, actuaries, all those different types of things. I'm sure they sat down and tried to figure this out. I'm sure part of it is, again, one of the things that I said, he wants the Dodgers to be able to spend on other players as well. So by deferring this, it allows them to do this. So there's a level of risk, and maybe he is a magnanimous guy. But I think if you sort of put it on both scales, who took the most risk, I think by far, and when I say by far, 70% Otani camp took the most risk here.
2: Wow.
4: Guy, when you look at athletes and the huge salaries they get, Sometimes guys like Tom Brady take a little bit less to help the team. Mm. I was wondering, are, are the incentives different when, say, you're an NBA player who's made $400 million in your career, or LeBron James, does $30 million on one contract really matter? Because when you're on your deathbed, you're going to talk about championships. So yeah. we say everybody wants more money. I know that. And Shohei wants more money. But is, is the money mean the same thing when you've earned that much in your life?
5: You know, you guys, I know you have athletes on, and I know you've probably used this term. You never want to spend somebody else's money. And for 99.9% of the population, of which I consider myself, I mean, when we hear these numbers, you're blown away from it. You say, what's the difference between $30 million, $35 million a year? It's the same thing. Well, we can say that. But for some of these people, you know what? I don't want to spend his or her money, and they're entitled to that. But to your point, You know, when you lie on your deathbed, you're going to talk about the extra 15, 20, 25 million dollars, or you're going to talk about the three or four extra championships. And then your name is not going to be inscribed in Mount Rushmore for making the most money. It will be put up there if you have the most championships. And if somehow you can do both of those things to a certain extent, like Tom Brady did, then you're obviously on top of the hill. I mean, Michael Jordan's probably a great example of that as well. But what I think you're gonna start to see, and this is something that I think you're gonna have more conversations about are the creative ways that these deals are being structured going forward. So the angels did this with Shohei, but my sense is this may be the first of that magnitude. It's not gonna be the last. And then the next question is, what does the players association say? What does the IRS say? You know, What does the state of California say? So there are a lot of chapters left to be written in this novel, I think. But with that said, the Yankees going to wind up with Yamamoto. So who cares?
2: <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I got like, uh, editorializing there. We yeah. appreciate it, Guy Adami, CNBC Fast Money. Uh, he's also the director of uh, uh, of advisor advocacy at Private Advisor Group in New Jersey. You do a lot of things, Guy. You're helping us out this morning. Uh, last thing before you go, because kind of glossed on it. Um, Perloff and I talked about it. W- was the financial world surprised when Mark Cuban? decided to sell the Dallas Mavericks. He's kind of, you know, the celebrity sports owner. Mm-hmm. Did that resonate uh, in your world?
5: 100%. And, and you know, I'm not dropping names, but I've gotten to know him through his obviously time at Shark Tank. And that, by the way, I know you know this as well, it coincided with him saying, you know, he's stepping down from Shark Tank. Yep. So a lot of people are speculating, okay, what does this mean? Is this going to mean Mark's going to put a run? Obviously not for 24, but maybe something in 26 on a state level or 28 on a national level. I don't know, but... You think about somebody who's played his cards exactly right you think about when he sold his company to yahoo back in the day and then cashed out there basically at the top of the market and i think what he's saying to a certain extent is all right i have an opportunity to ring the register i'm not going to sell the top necessarily in terms of valuations of nba teams or sports teams in general but it's going to be probably pretty damn close and i'm going to be able to parlay the, mm. parlay it in or something else so when a guy like Warren Buffett sells something, you take notice. You don't have to agree with them, but you have to listen and watch. When somebody like Mark Cuban does something like that as well, you absolutely have to take notice. You can say, Mark, you're a nut. You know, you're, the Mavericks are going to be twice that in 10 years. Or you're going to say, you know what, Mark, maybe you see something the rest of us don't see good for you. So the answer to answer your question, absolutely it resonated.
4: Guy, real quick, uh, what kind of contract does Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito have to <laughs> sign to afford <laughs> – new jersey real estate to move away from his parents because i know prices are high and interest rates aren't great so he better be very careful on the next contract if he wants his own place
5: it's it is interesting to see now listen i'm a lifelong giant fan and obviously (laughs) i grew up in new york i live in new jersey everybody knows and i i'm probably that type of family as well you know very italian family very close you see a lot of hugging it's actually a beautiful story i hope this 15 minutes i hope that wasn't minute 14 last night um i think what he did for himself is if he's not on the giants next year he's definitely somewhere to answer your question man oh man he's he's playing it pretty well right now and as long <laughs> as the giants win i mean i think you're gonna do a lot of time talking about tommy devito and that character sitting next to his father with the hat that looked like he was off the set of either The Sopranos or Goodfellas. I don't know. And that's not a slur. That's actually, to me, a ring endorsement.
2: (laughs) Uh, I would imagine that he's, like, taking all of his commission out, like, in some kind of trade for some Uh, home-cooked meals or something. I don't know.
5: Something. Or maybe a a new suit. I mean, that was... I mean, that's... I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if this was October 10th, uh, which it's obviously not, you would have seen a lot of guys, guys and gals dressed as that agent that for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I said, it looked like that was, was off the charts, man. Going
2: to a costume party. It's like, uh, who, who's managing the rest of your career? This guy, <laughs> this, guy. <laughs> this guy is all calls. Go to this guy. Uh, well, this guy, Guy Adami. Guy, cannot tell you how much we appreciate this. Love watching you. CNBC, Fast Money. I basically understand like 4% of what you guys have on your uh, on your show, but I'm smarter because of it, so thank you.
5: I appreciate that. Maggie, th- thanks both of you. Thanks to the entire team. And again, I mean this sincerely. Uh, circuitous routes to get here, but think about where you are now. This show, what you're doing together, you are building something, and I couldn't be more proud of both of you and the entire team.
2: Guy, thank, thank you. you. Guy. Feeling is mutual obviously and you've done it at the highest level so thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. Bye. The Giants make the playoffs. We're calling in Guy. Oh, my resident, gosh. Tommy DeVito. Uh, I mean, another uh, one.
4: All in on Tommy DeVito, no doubt.
2: <laughs> of course. Yeah. And we're all in on Tommy DeVito. I don't have a shred of Italian but hair. Guy Adami me, but from
4: <laughs> New Jersey? I <laughs> mean, come be. on. Tommy DeVito's. This is Tommy DeVito's
0: people. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Drew Bogish is here. Also a Tommy DeVito fan.
0: Uh, uh, and let's stick with Tommy. And the second biggest star in Jersey last night, his agent, Sean <laughs> Stellato, the self-proclaimed... Italian stallion of agents <laughs> yes. uh, here is some of his great negotiating style courtesy of NFL films is it possible <laughs> to two Utes
6: uh, uh, to what uh, what was that word uh, what word to what What? did you say
0: Utes yeah <laughs> two Utes what is a Ute oh,
2: excuse me your honor Two
0: youths. And then <laughs> Stilato and John Mara worked out the final details of DeVito's rookie contract. Uh, this you know, w-
2: but Prolof was kind of joking, but kind of not. I know this is a big deal other places in the country, not just here. So Tom and DeVito's making $750,000. That's a really nice salary. Mm-hmm. Gets you about a one-bedroom apartment Ugh. with one bathroom in New Jersey
3: right now.
0: <laughs> that means I need a roommate.
3: <laughs> he's going to need several. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but for now, he's a winner. 24-22 over the Packers last night in Jersey. DeVito leading a game-winning drive It ended with Randy Bullock's 37-yard field goal as time expired. The win gets the Giants to 5-8. and eight. One game behind five, six and seven teams a group led by those Packers who win that tie hold the last NFC wild card spot this morning Green Bay losing though does clinch a playoff spot for the 49ers the titans of all teams the ones who gave the Dolphins their first home loss of this season Tennessee scoring 15 points in the final 240 for a 28-27 stunner in Miami Will Levis out dueling Tua.
1: This is the biggest, probably stage I've played on, so it's 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 probably the biggest game I've won. So, um, not not really, but it feels great, it feels awesome. Winning a football game, regardless of the stage, uh, is the best feeling in the world. Um, but this definitely makes it that much sweeter. So, Did he
2: celebrate by eating a banana with a peel? Uh, I don't
0: know. Pound of coffee exactly. Yeah. So that went touchdown, stop, touchdown, sack of Tua to end Miami's last chance for this win. The loss leaves the Ravens alone atop the AFC at 10-3. and three. Texans QB C.J. Stroud still in concussion protocols as of yesterday, and the Vikings optimistic Justin Jefferson plays Saturday against the Bengals after Sunday's big hit in Vegas. He went to the hospital, was cleared of any internal injury. John Morant is almost back from his season-opening 25-game suspension. For now, he's in court at an immunity hearing as part of the lawsuit filed by the teenager who says Morant punched him in the face during a pickup game at Morant's house two Julys ago. Uh, this hearing can determine if Morant acted in self-defense, which would then end the suit. Morant testifying yesterday that Joshua Holloway was angry about losing, so in his frustration, one-handed a check, a pounce pass, to Moran that hit him in the face. Joss said something. Holloway pulled up his shorts and stepped forward, which Morant took as a threat to fight. So he punched Holloway, who again is 17, not a full-grown NBA player. Wow!
2: So this trial is amazing, by the way. Like if you know, nobody's listen. This kid got punched. Everyone's alive. Everyone's alive. Right, right. Everyone's alive. Everyone's okay. It's a civil thing. Like no one's going to be going to jail or anything. So I think we can look at this for what it was, and which is both the. Like defendants, both Jaw's attorney and the prosecutor's attorney, both had Jaw demonstrate how to check yes. a basketball yes. in the courtroom yesterday,
0: and asked him if a basketball is a deadly weapon.
2: Is a basketball a that deadly was asked
0: in court? Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> and then
0: in my hands, it is because I'm a
4: lethal <laughs> yeah, shooter. So, her forehead's uh, apparently.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Parloff looks like. He but was by the way, so
4: can you say like, he had a one-handed check? Is that
2: like a like, and well, it hit him in no, the yeah. side of the face. Like right. Well, what you it do out. is
4: you do the you throw it at his chest. You don't bounce. it. You know, a check, you're supposed <laughs> to bounce the ball. It's
2: supposed to be a chest pass, but this was like one No, no, a no, uh, check's
4: supposed to be a bounce pass. Bounce, right. right, right. So, yeah, but I've all done that, where if you're mad, you've got to throw it back at each other and uh, throw yeah. it at your face. So, yeah, I get it. This is criminal also, stuff. Also, is
2: pulling up your shorts... And stepping yeah. forward is that is fighting. Okay. I was curious oh, yes.
4: about that. Okay, AJ says. That, is the, that is the international fight of <laughs> pulling I up your fight shorts you. is like, let's, well, what if you're wearing pants? Same you pull thing. Pull those up yeah, too. I yeah, I mean, some guys sagging pants, you pull up
6: your pants, same thing. Yeah, if someone's pulling up their shorts, you better get your hands <laughs> up. But, are you, yeah. are
2: you but that's not up from, squaring up yet. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay. And yeah, hands were down. But I'm wondering, like, are, are you pulling your pants up from the waistband, or are you like doing like the thigh grab, where you're like pulling the shorts it's more up of, it's that more, way. It's definitely more of a
6: thigh grab situation. Okay. If it's a pants situation, yeah. then you're probably pulling up more for the waist. But if it's, it's a if you're wearing shorts, you're pulling up from the thighs. And yes, no, that I at get that you point pull it's, up it's time to go. And up.
2: then the and and as you're pulling up, the hands go up. Now that's a fighting stance, right? Mm. I pull up my pants and my hands go up.
4: No, it's so they don't fall off while you're fighting, right?
2: Right, I just thought it was one natural. I don't even think it's
4: that. I think it's going beyond that. I think <sighs> it's just don't fight. There's isn't too many it, rules. Uh, in the old school, back in the day, they, the the <laughs> businessman used to unbutton his uh, <laughs> his shirt and Take roll up the He sli- Used to roll yeah. up the what sleeves. I, uh, That's the expression: roll up the sleeves and let's right. fight. Right yeah. now, it's pull up your shorts.
6: I'm just glad that this is universal, regardless of what city you're in. Growing up in New York City playing pickup ball, <laughs> that was obvious. I mean, you know fights I've seen on the parks of New York City and Queens with oh guys pulling up their shorts and then all of a sudden punches are thrown. Like the that even in Memphis Tennessee or jaws from South Carolina everybody knows what that means so I'm not saying Josh should have punched a yeah. kid but he he didn't know a fight was happening that, yeah, okay. that was that was a fact
0: a little heartwarming to see that's the international sign though
2: <laughs> and now it's
0: now it's enshrined in court documents oh so wonderful. now there's like legal precedent. yeah it's a precedent yeah. yeah well
2: the other part that was funny that came out of this trial again funny you know uh, but uh they had a picture so it wasn't just Jaw that punched the guy the guy pack. Dominic Pack or yeah, his
6: ex friend or whatever.
2: The guy who basically was filming uh, the second IG live where Ja appeared to flash a gun, not the first one, the second one, mm. and also now is banned from the arena because he may have put a laser pointer on a member of the Indiana Pacers. This gentleman, that we're same talking guy,
4: about. did all those that things. Same yeah, same guy, allegedly. he's on the
2: payroll. he's on the payroll for Ja, and he punched the kid too. So Ja punches him, and then the friend flies in and also punches him. So he's testifying today. But anyway, why that's important, they have a picture of Ja and his, like, you know, friends. They have a name for themselves that's escaping me right now.
0: Um, Idiots? The Wet Bandits, sorry. <laughs> <the> wet Bandits. <laughs> and and <laughs> Hill Mom.
2: It's like the all friends crew, whatever it's called, it doesn't matter. <laughs> And there's a picture of them.
0: The He-Man <laughs> Women Haters he Club, what are they called?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're called Sunshine and Rainbows. <laughs> Out my ass. Anyway, they have, the, they have a picture of all of them, and they're in this, this photo, and they're all wearing these diamond necklaces, and the, and the judge goes, well, those aren't real diamonds, are they? And he goes, I'm a millionaire. what a mic drop we should all be so lucky to be able to be in court one day and ask if our diamonds are real
6: by the way we talk about stuff being admitted in court how about ja morant dunking on kevin love being admitted in court to show how what kind of force (laughs) job brings on the basketball court no way yes they have to
2: prove to this audience that he is this elite athlete so like would you say you are the quickest the fastest and the most blah, blah blah
4: Kevin
6: Love's going to the Hall of Fame, and now he's going to be known forever in Memphis, Tennessee. Is, you know, how strong Ja is. Look at him just get this jawbreaker.
0: Yeah, Exhibit
6: 7C is Love getting posterized (laughs) by by Ja Setting Yet another president. Guy went to the Final Four, NBA champion, multiple time All Star
0: weekly to a super Weekling, according to
6: the Memphis Memphis, uh, Memphis courts
4: If this goes This should go to the Supreme Court But the Supreme Court In that famous Nike poster Where it's all the NBA all-stars In <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Court rub Like George Gervin's gonna say Guilty
0: <laughs>
2: that poster is dope oh it's the best The Castacos brother poster same with like the mailman and the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but the works, i think so.
6: it should be all guys who got dunked on a bunch like sean bradley <laughs> oh yeah uh, you know all the stiffs the late in the 90s, crew, yeah
2: Frederick
0: Weiss. yeah there you go um i can be done if you no, guys want that's it
2: okay <laughs> we're all done the trial continues though with Ja today so there could be some more fun stuff coming from that a lot more to do maggie and perloff we get back to monday night's games in a The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Their Uh, members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Well, don't groan when I'm reading it. No, no,
4: no, because I know who this Defensive Player of the Week is. I mean, I'm imagining you picked a Dallas Cowboy and that's I cannot I that's why I was growing. I love oh. Navy Federal. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry. Say,
2: don't groan in the middle.
4: Uh yeah, it's got it's gotta be Stefan Gilmore or Micah Parsons. I would pick, if I picked it, but that's the only groan. Yeah, sorry about that. The, <laughs> sorry, Navy Federal.
2: The other thing would be I mean, we did have a game that was basically a zero zero tie up until the last few minutes of the game, but I don't remember a big standout defensive play from that.
4: <laughs> Unless you give the quarterbacks a defensive player in the game. <laughs>
2: um,
4: I go, my vote is Stephon Gilmore.
2: Manny, did you do this or did DJ? This would be
4: me. So I'm the one
6: who. Oh, has now
2: this that game. means, well, no matter what, is the NBA also in play?
4: Or it is a Jets? The Jets had a good game.
2: Jets had a really good game.
0: Texans defense, I think, is a, is a candidate here.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: they
6: had Zach Wilson moved the ball. Yeah, I'm the room for the Jets to lose. I don't know if I'd credit them for what happened.
2: Let's see, uh, I don't know, Wemby post uh, just to get under Perloff's Another skin. big
4: stack game for Wemby. Final answer They here. lost.
6: Wemby and off final answer over there.
4: I, I'm going to Stephon Gilmore.
6: Somebody. So this week's best Player of the Week is Harold Landry, who oh, had three night. sacks in the Dolphins, lost to the Titans. Uh, Landry was a stud. He was the guy they brought in um, this past off season as a re-sign, and he played really well last night, and it was the big game of the night. So, Landry, he barely, barely got past Anthony Davis, who almost was Defensive Player of the Week because of his um, finals performance oh, in the in season oh, tournament. Oh, 20 God. 20 rebounds and four blocks. I but, you know what? Landry was the story. The Titans were the story of the night last night, so
4: I went with Landry. I would have walked out of the studio if you went <laughs> We see the finals. So, it was, it was, fi- it it was, was finals a random December tournament. game against the Pacers. Had, who cares? They had 20 rebounds
2: and four blocks. He so also said, what? I'm him.
4: Yes. There you go. Hang the banner, By have the, way, the parade. They gave it to the MVP. It ha ha ha! They gave
6: it to LeBron because of
4: marketing reasons.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. Um, are they raising a banner? Yes,
6: yes. they are. That's a, that's happening.
4: There's an and, all, all tournament team. Come on! If you put that on your resume, you are a loser. So I'm not, sorry. So not
6: only are the Lakers raising a banner, but that banner is going to just stay up. So whenever they win another one, they're going to just add the years to it. So this is not a oh, We're gonna just have one year that says right two thousand twenty four in, in 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 season tournament champions. It's, they
2: left room, yeah, for more dates. There
6: you go.
4: Okay, I let me ask you this,
2: EJ. That's Bron- 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 like Bron- James <laughs>
4: if the Lakers lose in the playoffs and say it's ugly, say they get swept by the Nuggets again, are they gonna go back and say at least we won the in season tournament? I hate this question. This question doesn't mean anything. <laughs> back of the bench guy certainly. Why, are why say do that. you hate that question? You're clearly because reacting because to because it, but you know you're sensitive, but you know that it's there's something wrong with this emphasis on so the in season a question tournament. Is the
6: Eagles would have yeah. beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Would you would have went back if you lost the Cowboys and said, well, at least we beat them?
4: What if the Eagles win right. the Super Bowl? I'm not going to care what happened with the Cowboys. Right. Game. So
6: what difference does it make about the in season tournament? I don't understand the question.
4: How can you not understand that question? They're raising a banner. So it obviously means something to them.
6: Right, but okay, they raise the banner. It's fine. What's the So beginning? here's well,
4: my question. Maybe, I, at the wait. end of the day, when they lose, I think I say, well, at least we won the season tournament. The Eagles, this
6: year. the Eagles and team, don't they raise division champions? You said division titles don't matter. They raise those banners. What, what if yeah, they what it,
2: it raise an NFC East banner, but you lose in the first game of the playoffs? Right. Like, yeah, are I mean, still going
4: to raise it. It's still a disaster, though. If the Eagles lose in the first game of the playoffs, this year is a total failure. If the Lakers don't do something in well, the finals. This is a failure.
2: Okay, but here's the thing, right? I don't think that the in-season tournament is supposed to be a, like, predicate. I don't think it's supposed to be a foreshadow of right. what happens in the finals. It's supposed to be its own thing. The Hell, the Indiana Pacers were in it. Right. No one thinks they're winning the but finals. I'm
4: saying it's zero accomplishment for a team that is set on competing for a championship. It doesn't matter it's if they— It's not zero. It's, it's zero. different. It's zero. It's zero.
2: 855 4 CBS, 855 212 Couldn't believe what we saw last night. The craziest part of these upsets, we'll get to it next.
3: Don't move. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.